Welcome to another episode of the Afterthoughts Archive, a digital diary for my future self. My name is Shiro, and this week I'm feeling particularly jaded. Summer is over, it's been pouring rain, and people continue to live life as if there isn't a pandemic going on, which I guess at this point maybe I shouldn't be surprised by, but It's been particularly disappointing to see people around me, people that I care about, people that I once considered close friends, people that I once trusted to keep me safe, really throw all care to the wind in search of normalcy that doesn't exist. So yeah, that's where I'm at. Um, We're coming up on year four of this pandemic in a few months. And yeah, I just feel more disillusioned than ever. It's reaching the point where I just can't trust a lot of people in my life to keep me safe. And even as I've been feeling like the fog of the depressive episode I've been going through has been lifting, I've been feeling like the pandemic depression is definitely growing thicker and thicker by the day. I've tried extending grace to friends and family who aren't masking, who aren't testing, who are going to restaurants and attending super spreader events every weekend. But enough is enough. Enough is enough. I'm tired, I've been tired. My capacity is only dwindling as the days get darker and shorter because if you don't care about yourself i'm i'm not trying to teach you how to care for you or for me if you don't care then i can't care for you i'd rather use the little energy that i have to be in community with the minority of people who care who give a fuck simple as that is it lonely to stand ten toes down in this Absolutely. There's a lot I don't do anymore, like indoor dining, going to clubs, and that means that I spend more time alone than I ever have in my life, which absolutely does not help with depression. But again, y'all are not going to kill me. If I'm going to die, it's going to be my own choice, and it's not going to be because of long COVID. It's not going to be because you convinced me that some night in a club where I'm going to be groped and made uncomfortable is worth my health. It's just not. I've never been to any Michelin star restaurant that was worth my health. So yeah, it sucks. I'm alone most time. Like at this point, I can't even quantify it. Like I don't, I really don't see people and it sucks. Not being as close to people I once considered close friends, but at the end of the day, if our values don't align to keep each other safe, then what business do we have calling each other close? I could honestly rant and write dissertations about all of the ableism that is baked into life in this time, but Seeing as how I want this to be an archive for my future self to look back 
on I do also want to include other things so I'm going to share the things that have been keeping me alive I think future me will want to understand the, the like the things that kept me afloat when everything was trying to pull me under the surface so the first thing that's been keeping me alive and that I'm very grateful for is therapy um and not just any therapy but free therapy I have been unemployed since June and have not had the funds to pay for therapy but I applied for a voucher therapy program through the Loveland Foundation and luckily was selected to be one of the recipients and so I have been going to therapy I was able to choose my therapist which is very important they didn't just expect you to take whatever they gave you and be happy so I had consultations with two therapists ended up choosing um, one that I felt more aligned with it's been going well we're still getting to know each other so I can't say that we're like best buds or anything but my girl Amber has definitely been keeping me afloat um, just by having a time where I can bring all the things on my mind and my chest to dump and not have to worry about you know not doing too much and not overwhelming her so very grateful for that uh very grateful to the loveland foundation for having such a program yeah there's a whole lot that i plan to be unpacking in therapy including my feelings around ending certain relationships or de-escalating certain relationships because of the pandemic and people's disregard for it because i've been going back and forth thinking like you know okay i don't want to do too much you know people are people are doing what they can da -da 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 -da. but also like i have to be real with myself i have to respect my own boundaries my boundaries are not for other people to care about they're for me to care about so that's something that i definitely want to talk to her about I'm looking forward to also just talking about uh, my relationships in general because I don't know if it's age, the pandemic, uh, I don't know, or a combination. It's always a combination. I don't know why I try to choose one. I'm sure it's a combination, but yeah, I've just been feeling like it's time to reevaluate the relationships in my life, um, which ones I'm pouring into which ones are pouring into me, where am I being a good friend, where am I being a bad friend. I, I don't like to use the good bad binary. So let me say, where am I being an attentive friend and where am I being more neglectful as a friend? Things like that. Um, I'm really looking forward to unpacking with her because I know when I do that on my own, I'm very quick to be like, I don't need to be friends with anybody. <laughs> I don't need it. I don't need it. I don't need it. And I need somebody to be like, all right, there are relationships that are serving you. Let's let's talk about how they're serving you. Let's talk about the ones that you want to put more of yourself into. Like, I need that. For balance. The other thing keeping me alive is 
the On My Mama choreography slash song. I just want to thank Victoria Monet for her pen game. I want to thank Sean Bankhead for being a living legend. I want to thank Asia Janae for being a great collaborator with Sean Bankhead because together these three plus their their teams have really have really done something to my brain. That song is in my head, that choreo is in my bones. And I was talking to a friend <laughs> about it recently. And uh, as I was talking about it, they were like, okay, come on, testimony. Because I was telling them how I have mostly just been wearing old t-shirts and raggedy shorts because I don't go anywhere anymore and I just don't care to dress up because what's the point? But after listening to this song, maybe for like, maybe it's like three days or something, just that was, that's the only thing that I was listening to. I had to run an errand and leave the house and instead of putting on raggedy clothes, I actually put on a romper, like a form-fitting piece of clothing. I took the time to brush my hair, things that I don't normally care to do because I don't care for real. And I could see what my friend was saying about it being a testimony because I was like, wow, listening to the song and hearing her say, oh, my mama, I look fly. I look good. Like, that was clearly doing something to my brain. Because why else would I have put on something that wasn't raggedy? It was the affirmation of the song. And then not only that, but when I was driving and obviously listening to the song in the car, I hit a pothole on beat. Like, the, I still hit the pothole, which sucked. But when we hit, like, when I hit that pothole, it was on the beat of the song. And I was like, I don't know what that is besides just proof that this song is cosmically charmed cosmically gifted like it's 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 not just a regular song it's something else there is just such a good dose of nostalgia the choreo is so smooth it also references nostalgic dance moves it's just ugh, god i i i just i love it and something to know about me is that when i'm depressed I don't listen to music like I, I literally cannot I, I really wish I could be one of those people who listen to sad girl music when they're not feeling it or just like got into emo playlists but I just don't listen to music so the fact that this song permeated that barrier also says something so anyway because of my obsession, I obviously ended up learning the choreography because how am I going to watch videos over and over and not memorize things? So I did that, memorized it, learned it, have been doing it over and over, and decided to post uh, some videos online. And I just want to say for the record, Sean Bankhead liked one of those videos. And that means a lot because that man always has notes like he does not give out likes for the free so once i went ahead and got that validation i just decided to deactivate my instagram because i don't need any other validation besides that that's all i needed i'm good i'm gone thank you very much i mean i did actually delete my instagram but it wasn't because of sean 
it was really just uh, something that felt like it was calling my name. Uh, I had been deleting the app from my devices, but it wasn't working. Like I would delete, but then I could still access it through, you know, web browsers or if I decide to log in from a different device. And ultimately, Instagram is not a place that I love to be on anymore. I feel like there's a lot of eyes on me and it's eyes of people who don't know me or feel overly familiar with me, both of which I I just I they just make me not want to interact I turned off you know like responses to my stories because I just wanted to limit that there's just a whole lot of things I tried to do but ultimately what I needed to do was deactivate so that's what I did the goal right now is to keep it deactivated for at least a month and then see where I'm at from there but yeah that's where I'm at with that what else is keeping me alive Television definitely keeps me alive. It's like the thing that I can do alone that is like very accessible. I did just finish watching the series finale for Sex Education and I went into it feeling pretty blasé. I was like, you know, something to dissociate with, something to keep my brain busy. And again, like I said, it's an activity that I can do alone and isn't that draining. So I was like, yeah, let me get into this. And I can't even lie, they definitely they definitely got me with a few with a few storylines. Um obviously the storylines with black people, duh, because that's where my empathy lies the most. But especially especially with Eric, Cal and Jackson that last scene of that last episode where they find each other or rather eric and jackson find cal i was like yep that's that's that dark-skinned supremacy and i want to believe that there was a dark-skinned writer in the writer's room or maybe even more than one who was like yeah this is how it needs to end because that's what shiro needs shiro needs something to restore their faith in not just dark skin supremacy but like that we will continue to find each other because in a very beige and white world it's very easy to feel like you're always gonna have to compromise and i feel like eric's storyline kind of touched on this where it's like you know he has this really good friend in otis but at the end of the day they just don't have certain things in common and those certain things are very core to who Eric is and so there's just kind of that gap that exists and when you're marginalized I think it's very easy to internalize the idea that you just kind of have to show up as percentages of yourself rather than all of yourself all the all of the time and not to say that like Eric Cal and Jackson are all the same and they're gonna be best friends but they also can speak to each other about moving through the world and have an understanding that other people are just not gonna share just not gonna share it's just it's the truth and again i want to believe that there were writers in the room who knew that and knew that i needed this and other dark skin people needed this and they did that for us that gave me yeah that gave me some joy 
TV wise, I also watched Miss Education, a South African series on Netflix. I highly recommend. It was comical. There was also drama. And I just enjoyed the, the characters, I will say. I just felt like they were nuanced characters who were allowed to be more than what they normally are, if that makes sense. Like, for example, there is a character who's gay, he's Indian, and he could have just been written off as the funny gay best friend, but they allow his character to have depth, to have morals, to have a sense of self. Like, even though he's still learning himself, he also is sure about certain things regarding who he is. And I love, I love, I love to see that. I loved the, um, uh, it's so hard not to spoil. Honestly, the rule is now, like, if you're coming here to listen to the things that I got to say, there might be spoilers and that's just that on that. But basically, I just really appreciated that um, nobody, nobody was perfect. Like there wasn't any character who was put on a pedestal. Everybody had their shortcomings and those shortcomings were displayed for the audience to see. And I feel like that's really refreshing, especially when it comes to young adult content, because I think that it's important not to paint people in this good and bad binary. I don't think that serves anybody. And so, yeah, highly recommend watching if you're looking for, you know, a good young adult show. Also, South African content, I just, I'm, I always feel like it's elite because of the multicultural aspect. Like, the way people will switch in and out of languages, that's fire. Like, what do you mean? That's already better than any other American show. I'm so sorry, but that's just what it is. Point blank. Again. Highly recommend. Love Island is putting out two new shows in their franchise and it might seem ridiculous to say that that's keeping me alive but TV is a huge like TV slash content on the internet is most definitely what keeps me alive and even in the trailer of this archive I spoke about how being a kid that grew up on the internet is very central to who I was, who I am, and probably who I'm going to become because I will probably continue to live in isolation as this pandemic continues and y'all pretend like it's not happening. So yes, it sounds silly to say things like TV shows are keeping me alive, but they are in the sense that they give me something to look forward to because literally when I'm thinking about the future, I'm like, what is the point? Like New York was underwater yesterday. That's no exaggeration, literally underwater. And it's only gonna get worse. And so when I think about the future, there's just very few things that make me feel hopeful. And TV gives me like a temporary thing to keep going. And so yeah, so Love Island is coming out with two new shows in their franchise, Love Island Games and Love Island All-Stars. I think Love Island Games is coming out in November. <clears throat> and Love Island All-Stars. I don't know, maybe next year. But yeah, I will be holding on till then. 
that is what it is what else what else yeah um finding my old travel tumblr has definitely been something that's keeping me alive keeping me going it was really endearing to read my own words and basically time travel to the frame of mind that i was in when i made particular posts and for this tumblr it basically documents my time in Peru, specifically in Cusco, which was my last semester of college, and a little bit of my time in Montreal, which was uh, where I was after I graduated college for my first job. And yeah, it was just really sweet to see the things that I was feeling, thinking about, where my head was, like my posts about borders and the post-grad job search reminded me of the young adult who was studying international relations and thought that they'd find a well-paying job where they could change the world on a large scale. Very sweet, very lovely. Um, I'm no longer that person, but it, it, yeah, like it's always really sweet to be able to sit back and see your own evolution through your own words, through your own documentation. And there was a part of me that started to feel like, oh man, like why did I quit? Why didn't I keep going? Why did I just give up on this? But actually, I ended up feeling more inspired than I felt down on myself. Like I was inspired by my younger self and also reminded that I've been about this archival life, even though creating this archive podcast, whatever you want to call it, has felt very different, very hard, very much out of my comfort zone. When I zoom out and look at my life, I see that I've always been drawn to documenting periods of my life for myself to look back on. And in that sense, I didn't really quit anything. I really just kind of paused and returned to something even if I didn't recognize that that's what I was doing there's just a full circle aspect to my documenting tendencies and I love that for me because whether or not I'm conscious of it life is very cyclical and I think that when we think about quitting a lot of the times we're thinking about oh man you know this is over this is the end but nothing really really ends in the ways that we think because life as we know it continues with and without us so even if you quit life life continues and so that's what i mean when i'm saying that whether or not we realize it life is very cyclical and it keeps going even when we think we've ended things like i think about things that i've quote unquote quit and I just like, yeah, I just don't really stress about those things because one, I don't have shame in quitting. I'm a quitter. It is what it is. But also because I know what's mine is mine. So even without planning, I will come back to the things and the people that are meant to be in my life. When I think about pole dancing, I did that for what, six months this year and when I first started, I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna be so good. I'm gonna become an expert. Maybe I'll be able to make money off this and da 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 da. But in real life, one, I couldn't keep going because of money. 
as I said, I have been unemployed since June and having a membership at the studio, it costs money. Yeah, it costs money. And not only that, but I also hit a wall when it came to training. And I think sometimes when we talk down on quitting, we kind of put the idea of perseverance on a pedestal, but we don't really recognize or encourage people to check in with themselves to decide whether perseverance is what's needed here. Because like, even though I enjoyed pole dancing in the beginning, as I became, how should I say, more comfortable or rather I graduated from intro and was starting to learn more advanced things, I realized that I wanted to be able to practice at home, which was impossible because I don't have a pole at home. And the instructors were like, yeah, it's also a good idea to train at the gym so that you can build up your strength. And I'm so sorry, but I'm just not that person. I don't like the gym. I'm not self-motivated enough to work out at home. That's not my reality. And so this, that's just, that was my pole dancing chapter. I'm not sad that it ended because I'm going to find something else to fulfill me in that way. I would love to try more aerial arts. I've tried the, the lira. Is it the lyra or the lira? The pole hoop, the aerial hoop. Tried that. Don't really love it, so I don't think that's what I'm going to pursue. But there's also aerial silks. There is more circus arts like trapeze. There, there's a whole bunch of stuff. Anyway, my point is quitting pole dancing was not the end because it has led to me realizing that I'm strong enough to do certain things. I don't have to live in this narrative of like, oh, I can't do this, I can't do that. So it served a purpose. Like it, like quitting it doesn't mean that I've given up or I'll never return to it. I could return to it, especially if I could have a pole in my house, I would likely return to pole dancing. Um, oh, something else about why I quit is the fact that the studio I was going to is just very, and honestly, most fitness places are very gendered. And so it was always like, yeah, ladies, come on, ladies, let's do this, ladies, and da -da -da -da, ladies, ladies, queens, empresses, like, shut up. I came here to move my body. I didn't come here to be inducted to a hotel wall of fame. Like, ugh. Yeah, so it, does, it didn't make sense to be spending money at a place where I was feeling like I couldn't, you know, get better because I couldn't train as much as I wanted outside of the studio. I couldn't afford it anymore. And I also just didn't feel affirmed in who I am. I tried to say something to the owner. That didn't do anything. So, yeah, I'm just of the belief that I'm going to find a space that's more welcoming, more affirming, feels more aligned. And so because of that, I... I'm not bothered by the fact that I quit pole dancing. Something else that I've quit is therapy. And as I said earlier in this episode, I'm back in therapy. And again, when I say that life is cyclical, I did not plan to be in therapy this year, but because it made sense, because it was made available to me, I pursued it. And when I quit therapy, I didn't feel bad in the past because I was like, now that I've been in therapy, I know how to find it, how to access it. It's just something that I'm not afraid of having to start over. And I think that is also what I'm trying to get at, which is that quitting is is not like a definitive end in my world. 
I can quit something, come back to it. I can also quit something and never look back. But a lot of the times what happens in my life, what I'm realizing is that even when I think I've left something behind, I return to it in a different form, in a different way, or it comes back to me in a different form. And I accept that. And so I, I just have zero fear about ending things. Um, what other things have I quit? I quit heterosexuality successfully. I'm never going back to that again. I've quit doing my hair because I can. Like, I, I really struggle when people ask me things like, how do you keep going? Or what do you think has motivated you to keep going in life? Because I don't know. I, I, I will quit things happily. When I got locks, I was like, oh my god, yeah, new chapter, ratata. And it was cute while it lasted, but when I started dreading my hair, like dreading to do it or feeling like I'm putting it up in a ponytail all the time instead of enjoying the length and enjoying my locks for what they are, I said, I'm quitting this. Who cares? I don't care. I quit jobs. I mean, I've also been fired from jobs, but I quit at least two jobs in my life and both times I didn't have any idea where I was going to get money from but I also knew that I didn't come to this life to suffer <laughs> and those jobs I, I, I felt like I was literally physically suffering because I was a care provider so I was physically engaging with people like you know lifting them taking them to the restroom, cleaning them, feeding them. It was it was a lot. And I believe that those jobs should be done by people who are able to be present both physically and mentally. And I had definitely checked out mentally and I was no longer of service to those people. So I had to take myself out of the equation. Other things that I've quit, um, living in New England, Never again. Never again. I won't even explain that. I'm just never going to do that again. And if I do, just know that it must be for some kind of bag that I, I could never imagine in my life. There has to be a prize on the end of that for me to ever consider New England life ever again. Because I know and I accept that life is cyclical. I know it could happen. I'm just saying personally... I really do not want my life to go that way because I quit that for a reason. I don't want that to happen again if I can help it. Other things that I've quit, um, I quit dance teams <laughs> in high school. I quit a dance team literally because I just didn't really like one of the captains and there's just a lot, of, a lot of friction between us. I think she felt like I thought I was too good or I like my, my pride was too much or honestly I don't even really know but I would make suggestions about what I think certain things should be or how I think certain things should go or how we can make a certain routine better and I didn't feel like I was being heard so I quit I waited for that captain to graduate and then I tried out again and rejoined the team and that was that same thing in college I was on a team it was cute I started making suggestions because I felt like we could do better and things weren't changing. So I quit. And 
then I auditioned again and joined later when I felt like I could have more influence. I can't say if that's good, bad, healthy, unhealthy. I Again, I don't really care. I will, I will quit things. And that's, I guess, what this episode is going to be about is that I'm a proud quitter. I'm here to stand in my truth. I'm here to encourage other people to quit the things that they want to. I won't even say quit what's not serving you. If you, if you don't want it, just don't do it period, point blank. <laughs> and on that note, I'm really going to leave it at that. I have been ending other episodes with offering the email address where you can write an email to me, share your thoughts, your feelings and all that. But the all the people that have listened have just messaged me directly to say that they've listened. And so the email just, it doesn't really make sense. So I have nothing to offer you. So yeah, this is going to be a really choppy outro, but... Until next time, stay black, stay alive.